Hey guys, welcome to Above Average with me, your host, Martel James. Episode number one, episode numero uno. I'm so excited, guys. Thank you for joining me along this journey. And I can't wait for what uh, what is to come. So what is Above Average? And why did I decide to name it Above Average? Well, I want Above Average to be more than a podcast, right? I don't want it to be just, oh, the just a podcast. Uh, when I say Above Average, I want it to, you know, mean... You know, be above average in your relationships, your thinking, your work ethic. You know, uh, you know, don't be average. Be a step above in everything. And um, I'm so glad for you guys to um, take this journey with me, like I said, and to really kind of push forward this idea that you don't have to just settle for being average. You know, you can be a step above. And... Yeah, like, so who am I? Martel James. Um, as I said in the opening, um, I am a 30-something college-educated ed- black man. Um, I'm from the tri-state area, so uh, when I say tri-state, I mean Philadelphia, <laughs> the, the Philadelphia area, uh, New Jersey, Delaware, and uh, currently living in the DMV outside of Washington, D.C., um, so yeah, so, uh, that's where my perspective is going to come from. Uh, I graduated in 2012 uh, with a finance degree and although this is not a finance podcast, I will bring up financial topics and things that I feel that are important and I want you guys to know about. Um, I think I'm going to call that segment. Well, kind of like pro I think, I think what I'm going to do is like give you like little financial public service announcements, right? They're not going to be uh, anything that I'm going to give direct advice or you should do this, you should do that. I'll just give you things to consider, right? So um, that's a great segue. Student loans. Student loans, guys. Everybody has them, it feels like. If you went to college... Most likely, if you're not overly rich and your parents didn't pay for all your school, like most Americans, we have student loans. Now, as you know, we are in a pandemic, and some of us are fortunate enough to still have working employment. Well, with that being said, uh, back in, I think about March, March or so, uh, Donald Trump put into effect uh, forbearance for everybody with federal student loans. Um, I have to admit, although I hate Donald Trump and he annoys me, and we'll get to that on another episode, and and uh, I hopefully have a special guest I can talk to you guys about that. But anyway, student loans, um, you know, they're in forbearance, and forbearance means that they're not requiring you to make payments, and the interest on those principal amounts or your balance is not accruing. The great thing about that is it gives you an opportunity to, if you are struggling and you're out of work and you're someone who doesn't have that cash or whatever to pay that particular bill, you're not having to pay it. But for those of you who are 
in this pandemic, you're you're able to basically pay that money uh, aside from like not tapping into you, tapping into you, uh, tapping into your savings. It's a great idea to pay down on the balance. And the reason why I say that is you can literally, let's just say you have $20,000 worth of a loan. If you take this time and just knock down a good chunk of your balance, you can save yourself a lot in interest and also shorten the amount of time that your loan would exist. Also, even though um, we're in a you know economic crisis, if you have the opportunity, I would also look into those folks that might be able to consolidate their loans while interest rates are extremely low. So what I mean by that is, let's just say you have a loan out there for $10,000, uh, maybe at 9% originally when you took it out, you have a loan out there that's six, you have a loan out there that's seven, et cetera. You can combine those loans and get an overall lower interest rate because interest rates right now are at an all-time low. So with that being said, go ahead and take a chance and look out there for more information about consolidating your loans and a reminder that if you're in the uh, opportunity where you can pay down on your current balance on your student loans, continue to make payments uh, or try to upload on those payments. And also just another added fact or another added, you know, thing to consider. You guys should basically, if you have someone that's, uh, let's just say that you're not super financially stable, you can't afford to make those payments. Maybe this is the time that I consider uh, asking a cousin uncle, aunt, um, parents, brother, sister, because right now, this is really the only time that you're ever going to find the U.S. government giving a forbearance, basically allowing you not to make payments on your your student loans and not accrue interest. More importantly, the interest, because interest will kill you over the life of a loan. So, guys, if you have the chance, go ahead and ask your friends, neighbors, whoever you can to maybe help you pay down it'll lower or decrease your uh, your monthly payment and sh- possibly shorten the life of your loan and you'll pay less money back to the government overall if you're able to pay down the balance that you have now do black lives really matter like let's think about that and i think that it comes down to two parts From a human standpoint, do black lives matter? Unequivocally, yes. Fuck yes. There's no point in even arguing that. It's a humanitarian issue. When I say black lives matter, that means anybody with a person of color that is black. Anybody that's considered black, African, American. I don't care. You can be purple for all I goddamn care. I don't care. If you're considered black, you're black. And when I say that, do your life matters? Yes, it does. I I don't want to see you shot. I don't want to see you killed. Uh, You know, I don't want I don't want anything to happen to you. Your life matters just as the person next to you, the white person, the Asian person, the Latinx. By the way, my Latinx people, I consider y'all to be persons of color, too. I don't care how much y'all want to try to claim y'all some of y'all Caucasian, but y'all not. Y'all damn near be saying nigga just like us. So I don't want to hear that bullshit. Anyway, point is, do black lives matter? Unequivocally, yes. Black lives 
absolutely fucking mad. I don't know how that has to even be explained in this day and age, in 2020, but let me tell you, black lives do matter. Now, second point, when I say black lives matter to this country, fuck no, because this country does not give a shit about black people. They love black culture. Black people move the culture forward. They love our dances. They love our music. They love Think about all the things black people have done for this country. Not only have we built this country, we provided the music, the uh, films, like the just some of the most creative things that I've seen in this country have been done by black people. And it's not to say that my white brethren don't make good, fine works of art. And I feel like you shouldn't have to explain that. That just because I'm championing black people doesn't mean that I hate white people. Let's kind of get that misnomer out of here. Like, that's always the talking point of, like, racist people. Ah. Well, you you care about black people, so that means you must hate white No. No, I don't. I actually have a lot of white friends. I grew up in a very well-diversified area uh, growing up. So, no, I don't. It's, I have nothing against white people. I have against racist people. Fucking hate racist people. I think everybody hates racist people that's black. You know, you get tired of that shit, man. And what I'll say is, no. So so if we say black lives matter, from a humanitarian standpoint, yes, black lives absolutely matter. From a country standpoint, the U.S. does not care about black people except for everything that black people does for it. They don't care about the person, per se, but they care about the culture well enough to... You know, use it, abuse it, get money from it, and, you know, criticize it. You know, they will do everything else, but it's that appreciate the actual person or people that that does that does all the work behind the scenes. Now, I'm going to get to another point here, which is Black Lives Matter, the organization. I'm going to tell y'all, man. I, I'm very skeptical. Let me just put it this way. I'm very skeptical. What frustrates me, and we'll get to this in a, in a conversation that I have with uh, my special guest, which happened to be my mother. <laughs> uh, we had a brief conversation, and uh, I'll play that clip a little later. But I'm just going to explain my point of view here. Black Lives Matter, the organization... It's a bit confusing to me, and I'm not going to lie. It is a very a bit confusing. And the reason I say that is because there's no prominent figure. There's no, there's no main person that we could look to and say, ah, that's what it is. And I think the right and, and the, the racists all use that as, as a crutch, right? They use that to say and make statements about Black Lives Matter organization. Which I think they're completely wrong. Oh, it's a Marxist. It's a Antifa organization. It's this, it's that. And I don't think it is. I think it's just a big charity that, you know, sucks the life out of money out of people. I honestly don't see. I want to know where their efforts are going. If I would be more comfortable with their efforts if I knew where the money was going, what they were doing. But as I can see as far as right now, I don't see... 
all the multi-millions of dollars being used that, that were donated being used towards different projects. I mean, if someone wants to like me, please leave a comment, uh, you know, let me know. I'll be so happy to hear that they're using the money for in certain ways. Um, you know, that's just my, like my take. And I just don't like the fact that it just feels like there's no organized, it's just basically it's chaos and there's no organization. One thing I really appreciated when you look at the 1964, 65 and, you know, 1960s civil rights movement, a lot of that was very deliberate and very organized. So I think what, you know, when people always say, you know, you know, use John Lewis's, uh, cause a little good trouble with them when they did the good trouble, what they did was they were nonviolent, but they did things that would aggravate the society so that society would take notice and understand why exactly that black people were upset, why the oppression of black people was wrong. And I don't see that happening with us today. I see a lot of marches. I see a lot of people wearing black. I see a lot of Black Lives Matter uh, memorabilia, hats, shirts, uh, bandanas, all types of stuff. But I, I don't see an organized effort. Like, to me, you know, I think Killer Mike said it best. It's time to plan. It's time to organize, plan, and strategize. And I'm really for that. Because to me, they want to make it a military mindset. Wouldn't make it a military mindset. Like when you go out there to protest, I don't want to just have people walking down the street. That don't that shit don't that shit does not matter. Let's be honest. People shouting down the street, yeah, you just they're here today, they're annoying tomorrow, but it don't really do much. It has to be something where, hey, you know what? They want to have a vote. And I don't know if when you're listening to this, uh, this is after Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. Uh, God bless her for everything that she's done. But this is after RBG has passed away. And the Republicans are sitting there hypocritical, saying that they're going to nominate someone for her seat. Even though back in, uh, you know, at the beginning of 2016 and, uh, or yeah, at the end of Obama's last term or last year, they wouldn't nominate a democratic or, you know, a democratic, uh, Obama's appointee to the Supreme court. So you have a situation where here's an opportunity for black lives matter to show that they're organized, they're able to mobilize, and be strategic in everything that they do. But I don't see anything. Because the first thing I would have thought is like, okay, they're going to try to have a vote. Well, blockade everything. I would make it so fucking hard for all those senators to get from A to B. Like, I would block every one of them. I would block all of the senators. Uh, Ted Cruz, Lizzie Graham, Barrasso, fucking all of them. All the pieces of shit that's out there. That talked about, hey, you know what? Uh, let the people decide back when Obama was president. Nah, I'm trying to tell you guys. If BLM was very organized and they had the agenda that I actually knew. It, there's like, again, there's no even public agenda. Like, I don't even know. Like, I know Black Lives Matter. 
the question. And that when I say it, I mean that my fucking life matters. My mother's life matters. My, my cousins, my godsons, goddaughters. I know that when I say Black Lives Matter, what it means to me. The organization, the organization is not showing me they are not strategic. They are not sound. They don't have a public, uh, they don't have a public agenda. I don't know where, like, no one can ever point me in the right direction as to what BLM has really done. The organization, and I'm saying this about the organization. Now, if they are doing good works, great, fine. I wish that it was just more decisive and more well-known and thought out. Because right now, I feel like it's chaos. There's the opportunities out there where we have, that we can strategize. Like I said, like I, I firmly believe. If you're going to talk about war, well, then I'm going to be the guy that's going to be 10 times better than you going into war. That means that I would have had protesters out there with bikes. I would have had protesters out there with umbrellas, maybe some cones. Shit, I would find the craziest things to to upset the police, but wouldn't cause harm to them. Because, like, I find... I find... That we as a nation only only deal with issues until they're in our face, right? Like, that's why we had the Civil War. That's why we had the Civil Rights Movement. That's why we had all the issues after George Floyd. Because until this nation gets something, like, this nation has to get punched in the face, like, nothing's ever going to change until black people literally punch this nation in the face and say, fuck it, we're not going to do it. Like, for instance, if, if Black Lives Matter organization was smart, they would team up with NBA players and they would have said, NBA players, look, don't go to work. NFL players, if you, I, guys, if anybody's listening to this, and you think about how many NFL players there are, Black NFL players there are. If every player in the NFL that was black sat their ass down and said, you know what, I'm taking a knee, you know this country will flip the fuck out. And you know what will change? Racism. And get rid of that shit. Because white people, black people, everybody loves their football. And I'm trying trying to tell you, the money behind football is mostly made by black people because 98% of the teams are black. So you're telling me if every black player... And college and NFL decide to sit down and take a knee for the rest of the season. Now, I know that's going to be hard because people are thinking about their individual goals. They're thinking about, oh, my God, I want to you know, make it to the NFL if you're in college. Or if you're on the NFL team, I want to make sure I can pay my, you know, pay whatever because I got my kids to feed. All right, I get that. But there's a greater cost to that, right? Your individual is short-term. It's something that my mom always says is short-term, stupid, or no. She says short-term, smart, long-term, stupid, right? The short-term is that you're thinking individually of yourself right now. The long-term, which is often the hardest, is that you're going to have to either figure out your 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 budget situation, your money situation. If you're in college, hey, if I got another year, use another year. You don't know how long this is going to be, but hey, I got eligibility. If you're 
a player that's going into the NFL and you want to go to the draft, yo, hey, like, let's start our own league. It's something that we have to do. Like, as as a former athlete, as a as a person who played football for the majority of my life now, it seems like a distant history. Oh, my God. But a person who played football for the majority of my life, I can recall very few teams being mostly white. My point is, black people, especially in athletics and sports and entertainment, we have so much power. We have so much power. Like, if you think about it, right, if we just kind of organize this from, if you take black people out of all aspects of daily life, daily American life, think about how many black servicemen and women there are. If all our black servicemen and women and people of color and allies to say, you know what, we're not going to go to war. We're not going to enlist. We're not going to re-enlist. Uh, we're going to go into the private sector. This country would not survive. It would not be able to defend itself. You know, again, it's just the same as like with the football players, right? Like it's the same thing. We have so much power that we don't realize. We do not realize the power that we have as black people. And so I just wish that, you know, organizations like BLM would take advantage of the opportunities that exist out there for us to organize and strategize and actually change shit for the better. Because to me right now, BLM is just an organization that I've seen getting donated a lot of money. But I'm not, like I said before. I don't see where this is going. Now, I spoke to my mom. We had a brief conversation about, you know, Black Lives Matter and some we touched on some things. So here it is. My first guest. <laughs> it would be fitting that my first guest would be my mother, uh, the wonderful, the beautiful, intelligent black woman that she is. And I, I want you guys to all and listen and take a listen. Black lives matter, Mom. Black lives... Nobody's saying that black, white lives don't matter. No one ever said that blue lives doesn't matter. We know that all lives matter. What we're trying to say is we want to stop the systemic racism. Yeah. My question is, for black lives matters, how will you know that's going to be stopped? What's your, what's your marker? What's, what's your, your point? So I guess you're... Basically, your your deeper issue with Black Lives Matter, the, What's organi- your agenda? Or the organization, not the slogan. No, had nothing to do with the slogan. But the organization, you don't feel that it uh, it has done anything, or it doesn't have any end goal. It doesn't have an end goal. I don't even know what their true agenda is. Their true agenda is to stop systemic racism. How do you stop something that's ingrained in people in generations and years and years and years? You can't stop it. You must learn to deal with it and work with it. Work with inside of it. So how do you do that? By educating people? You educate people. You take your legal system and you hold everybody and anybody accountable for when they step out of these set of rules and regulations that you establish. So you say law. If treating everybody equally. But see, you can't law. say it's law because we have law now and we got what? Nothing. That's true. We need to put... Our people where they need to be. 
We need to put the judges in the room. We need to put the, and not the token. Because really the token is just what they are, a token. Yeah. They're not there to add value to that group, that organization, that conference, that meeting. They're only there to add color for inclusion and diversity. They're not really there for that. And a lot of people think that, oh, yeah, we got a black president. Oh, everything's going to change with that. No, that's not true. Yeah. yeah. I, I do think that a lot of black people... But see, a lot of black women, people... You well, got to realize, more black people play by the rules than don't. I agree. Yeah, people I don't agree. get that. I, I think a lot of white people would, would disagree and think that everybody like in the inner city is like a lawless... They think the inner city is lawless and that you can just... People just everybody live by this hood code or everybody lives in the hood. That's because that's that's not well of course you would feel that if that's the only thing you're being fed by the media. Right. Media is feeding that to them. Whenever something bad happens, it's all over the news. Yeah. They don't show when something good happens when you got a kid who come from an inner city who mother was a drug drug addict and they graduate from Harvard. You don't hear them nobody blows that up all over the place. You never hear about the black child who had no absence from school for five years and got an award for it or was recognized for it. You don't see that. Yeah. You don't, and what you see is, oh, yeah, we got black truancy. The kids don't come to school. But you don't see the kid who, who succeeded? Of course, that's, that's being think, governed by the media. I think, but I think also in our own culture, we don't necessarily hype up the kid. That's like Think about it like when you went to school. Right. How many people called you... Oreo or called you a white girl because you were right. educated. Exactly. But I think that's not necessarily media. That's Well, that's our own standards. It's only because we've been taught that way, CJ. You don't realize that. We've been cultured the same way. We have been told to follow that white is right. What, what their standards are is what our standards should be. So black people who don't see you reaching the white standard mm-hmm. see you as not good. You, you're not on the good side. You're not one of us. You're not cool. You're not this. Because we've been taught that, look at our hair. We've been taught that straight hair is beautiful. Nappy hair is wrong. Our natural hair, they, we have fell into this mode that we actually believe our natural hair don't look good. Because somebody told you as a black person that white hair is pretty. What happened when they had that whole thing about when you look up unprofessional hair and they show black women? Yeah. Can't wear Like before, dreads was uncommon. But it was, no. Well, see, dreads is more accepted because you know why? Because we stood up and said, you know what? I like this. I'm going to continue to wear this. Yeah. But we were taught as a kid, white hair, straight hair was beautiful. It's everything. Don't tell me it hasn't been passed down. Look at all these girls with all this this weave down their back. <laughs> I, That's I, not a choice. See, it depends. If you choose to wear your hair that way, it's fine. Yeah. When you got to wear your hair straight because you're ashamed of your real hair and you say, my hair is nappy, then you're wrong. Yeah. If you want to wear straight hair and because you like straight hair... That's fine. Yeah. But when you say I don't wear my natural hair because it's nappy, I don't like it, then you're wrong. I don't know, Ma. I kind of feel like 
Seriously. We told ourselves that we no, we did a whole lot of stuff. We did. There's, there's two things here. It sounds like what you're saying is a lot of because what you're saying basically both sides is the yeah. media has been conditioned to right. tell us it, both like Trump supporters and us mm-hmm. what's good and what's, what's bad. Go, what's good and what's bad. And also you from a black people standpoint, it sounds like even though that we've been conditioned conditioned. From a media standpoint and from, uh, I guess, a whole propaganda standpoint, uh, that we should be one way or another or that white is right. I think you still think there's accountability, right? Like there's Yeah, we have, we have accountability, but we have accountability to ourselves as black people. And like, that's like, I don't understand what the whole black lives matter. Like, what is their hidden agenda? Like, what is the end game? When will we know right. that... Black Lives Matter was a success. What, guess, is, what, what, is, what is the stick? What is the benchmark that we're going to measure it by? So here, here's my main issue. So I like I try to compare Black Lives Matter to when when you look at like the... All right, think about like the, the march on uh, Washington. Uh, the march with jobs in, like, on Washington for Martin Luther King. When you think about all the, like, the boycotts that they did... Uh, Alabama, they all had an end goal, which was to fit, like, they had literally written down issues that across the board, no matter where you are in the country. That were attainable, that they could see, and it could be accounted for. Like, you could actually tick this off the list. Boom, like, we we crossed that point. But Do Black Lives Matter have that? It don't feel like they do. It doesn't have a national agenda where it's like, boom, 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 and everybody's hitting that same thing. But, like, you, I think you were talking about, uh, at one point you said that the leaders themselves, you watched something, that said that they did not want a like an actual leader. They didn't want like a Martin Luther King or a Malcolm X. That's what or, the Black Lives Matter group was saying. They, they didn't want that. But you think that makes sense though? <clears throat> no. Not at all. Not, not at all. I think they do need a leader. You think that's kind of hurting, hurting people fall... Like... Put it this way. Let's say you do have a leader. Is that going to change the people that are like overly Trumpers or even the people that are on the fence about Black Lives Matter? Yeah. How? I think that... Because Martin Luther King still had people that hated him. Obviously, they killed him. Right. But this is what the deal was. He was able to talk to and persuade and give you... It was a a one-on-one thing. You knew who to look for. You knew who to follow. You knew... What their agenda was. You was either you could go with it or go against it. Yeah. Black lives, you like, oh, I'm not really sure what they really for. You on the fence. Right. Either with them, even with Malcolm X. Either you for him or you were against him. Right. Marcus Garvey, you're for him or against him. You're Black right. lives, you like, oh, I'm not really mm, You well. you agree you agree to the actual slogan of Black Lives, but like Black Lives Matter, but the organization itself it just <laughs> you still on the fence. <laughs> if you're listening to this, hopefully it's before the first presidential debate. Now I get excited. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a political junkie. I love politics. It's basically human nature at its worst, and watching people do the most fuck shit of all time. Like from hypocrisy, lies, you know, scandals, 
it's, politics is basically a telenovela in real life <laughs> playing out in front of all of us. Uh, you know, politics has been nothing but uh, drama. Uh, is the days of our lives real life shit that happens? If we are, if you're engaged in politics, you know all the things that go on. There's good parts about politics, but I mostly am curious about it, about the drama. And also, you know, one thing I will say is that politics, from a serious note, is something that we should all pay attention to because it has an effect on all of our lives. From the taxes that we pay to the laws that are enacted to the things that we can do every day, like, uh, you know, protections uh, for workplaces, you know, basically... Politics plays a huge part in every one of our lives. So that's the serious part. Now, let's get to the shits, because I like the shits. For the first presidential debate, and you know, I typically do this with with debates, right? So during the Democratic primary races, uh, I came up with a game. Um, you know, I won't tell you guys that, but uh I was thinking, you know, I was thinking about tomorrow. Uh this is coming out on the eve of the first presidential debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, and it's going to be set in Fox News. Fox News, uh, the moderator will be Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace, who I actually kind of like as a political analyst and correspondent uh, at Fox News. I, I, I do kind of respect him. He comes from a long lineage of journalists or reporters um, and you know, he tends to be somewhat more fair than anybody else that I've seen on Fox. So, here's the thing. When I watch the debates, I like to, I treat it like almost like the Super Bowl. I like to watch and I like to tweet. I like to take note on the things that they say. I think it's funny. I love it. It's entertaining to me. Now, for all you guys who are not accustomed to it, here's my little game that I usually play. Uh, now, if you're a drinker, this is going to be great for you if you're an exercise enthusiast, because I know I got a lot of fit people out there that want to, you know, they don't want to just sit down and watch TV for a good two hours. Uh, they need something to keep them active, which, you know, we'll get to that in a second. But for my drinkers out there, the first time that you hear fact of the matter from Joe Biden, you have to take a shot. Anytime thereafter. Now, you're going to need some alcohol, your favorite alcohol, maybe a beer, uh, beer, whatever. Uh, but you're going to have to chug something once he starts to count. So typically, Joe Biden will say, fact of the matter is, and he'll say, firstly, secondly, thirdly. So if you want to get ripped and you want to have a fun time watching this debate, because uh, this is going to be like two grandpops arguing with each other back and forth. You know, back and forth. <laughs> I would say anytime Joe Biden says fact of the matter, you have to take a shot. Uh, if you if he starts to count, you chug a beer. Right. I want you to chug a beer. If. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else would Joe Biden say. That's it for Joe Biden. We'll, we'll leave it at that. If Donald Trump says China, you take a shot. <laughs> you gotta take a shot. 
if Donald Trump takes a shot. Now, I would I would say, okay, well, if you're watching it with friends, someone picks a side, someone picks the Joe Biden side, someone picks the Donald Trump side, and see who gets drunker uh, about the end of the night. But for Donald Trump, it's China, and uh, if he says hoax, if he says hoax, doesn't have to be Russia hoax. If he says anything is a hoax, the word hoax, you have to take a shot. So between those two people, you guys will get pretty drunk if you decide to have fun with it and just use some of the keywords that they say as points for you to get drunk. It will work. I guarantee you, you will have the most lit Tuesday that you ever had in your fucking life. Now, for my fitness people. Maybe you don't want to drink. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want to get your workout in. All right. So, for any time that Joe says fact of the matter, you have to do 25 jumping jacks during the during the uh, commercial break. If he starts to count, you add in five for every push-up. So, if he says one, firstly, secondly... Thirdly, you know, basically you just add five, five push-ups to, uh, to every time that he says that. So that's for Joe Biden. If your guy Trump says China, <laughs> I can't, this man can't say China for shit. He says China, China, like he, ah, uh, so stupid. Anyway, if Trump says China, <laughs> if Trump says China, uh, same thing. You're going to do 25 push-ups. No, 25, 25, uh, we'll, we'll do 25. Yeah, no, 25 push-ups. And then if he says hoax, you do, uh, sit-ups. You'll do crunches or sit-ups, one or the other. So that's, that's how I'm going to get through, uh, watching this. I hope it's going to be entertaining. I hope you guys enjoy it. I want to say thank you guys for joining me today. Uh, I really appreciate you guys. I hope this was a good, fun experience for you. Look out for another episode coming in October. I'm going to try to be a little bit more frequent with these episodes. Uh, I love doing it. It's get, I'm, I'm getting used to it. It's, it's been fun. So I'm excited for what's to come. And thank you guys for joining me. Uh, remember, take this with you. Remember, be above average. Don't be average. Be a step above. Peace.